Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So, Seattle, I thought, did a pretty good job with the All-Star deal. Looked like they made the most of it. What do you think? Well, I think their planning was very good. I thought the introductions of the players was outstanding, the way it should be done individually of all squads, and they had them parade out as individuals as opposed to coming out of the dugout and so forth. The one thing I do object to, and it's more a traditional thing than anything else, is that they are wearing generic uniforms that says American League and National League as opposed to their team uniforms, which they always used to use in an All-Star game. This is the 93rd All-Star game, and that had been a tradition for many years, but Major League Baseball, knowing better than everybody else, including the fans, the constituency, decides to put these generic uniforms on that uh, designate the league. Anyway, beside that, really a, a good performance by Seattle. I love the uh, <laughs> I love the kid running around first base at the start, the cancer survivor. That was huge, and it really did envelop the fans as such, and the players for that matter. And then the crowd, and you can't do anything about this because it's a crowd reaction. They're chanting for Soyotani to come to Seattle. He's a free agent at the end of this year, and he certainly will not be with the Angels. I would be amazed if he re-signs with them. I think he goes to the Dodgers. But over and above that, fans of Seattle, hey, come to Seattle, <laughs> doing this in a chant. I thought that was very funny. But overall, really good job by Seattle. I think so, too. Uh, I think the whole uniform thing is probably because they just believe the American public is too dumb to figure out which uh, team is on who when they're all wearing different uniforms out there. if that doesn't figure into the mix. I guarantee you that's what it is. All right. Uh, baseball's commissioner had some strong opinions on Pete Rose. When is this thing ever going to be put to bed? When he dies? Probably. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Pete Rose should be, from a statistic standpoint, in the Hall of Fame. He's the, the greatest hitter ever, but he did violate. And, and I'm glad the commissioner brought this out, too, because this really resonates with almost all major league ball players, almost all ball players, period. The sign in the clubhouse specifically says, no gambling. Now, admittedly, Major League Baseball is getting closer to absorbing the gambling aspect of things. Many states, I think it's 33, 33 states have now legalized gambling, and there's going to be a Major League team in Las Vegas, gambling capital of the universe. So why do you penalize Pete Rose? Because, because he snubbed his nose at a rule. Yes, it was a rule then. It's still a rule now. No gambling. And he did that, turned his nose, thought he was better, bigger, more important than the league, and nobody is bigger than the entity itself. And he'll continue to pay the price, in my opinion, until he passes away. Which is unfortunate. They definitely are making an example of him, and they will continue to do so. And that's just, I think, part of the deal, which is unfortunate because... You could probably look at some of the things other players have done and relative to that. Some of them are in the Baseball Hall of Fame and they're still alive. But we'll move on. Why is Congress getting involved in this call situation? Because there is a law, and it's it's not a well-practiced law, but one that says if a foreign government decides to invest in an American entity, then maybe Congress needs to take a look at what's going on. And that's what's happened with the PGA, which is basically a United States, or was, a United States-operated entity. Well, the Saudi Arabians are trying to make a 
go of it now with what's called <laughs> sports washing, and that may be the case. Anyway, Congress is investigating. Congress called some of the PGA officials in front yesterday and had them testify. Hey, the Saudi Arabian government is contributing more than $1 billion to the whole lifestyle of the PGA and to increasing the funding. All right, that's fine. Congress had a lot of objections to that. Of course, the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia are not only negligible, they don't exist, period. He apparently killed a reporter several years ago for the Washington Post who happened to be a Saudi. But again, the Congress did not do anything that prohibited what goes on. They didn't make any law or anything of that nature. They just listened to the testimony yesterday, and I think probably, Mike, that's the way it's going to go. So the All-Star Game is over. We already talked about how we thought Seattle did, and we both agree they did pretty good. Now, which team did better? <laughs> well, for the first time in over a decade, the National League got a win. 3-2 to two was the final score. National League had been on a long losing streak, as has been the case over the course of the 93 games that have been played. American League has put together more streaks, although the National League had a particularly lengthy one back in the 1970s. But now this 10-game uh, or 10-year, I should say, uh, losing streak is over. National League wins it on a two-run pinch-hit home run by a guy named Elias Diaz. He is a 32-year-old catcher for the Colorado Rockies who's been around Major League Baseball since, oh gosh, 2009-2010 when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And now he's getting a chance. First All-Star game, and he hits a two-run pinch-hit home run and gets the Most Valuable Player Award. It actually was a pretty good, a good ball game, good defense. At the very start, I'll point this out too, Mike. In the first inning, there were two great catches made in the outfield. Number one was Adalas Garcia. He went to the wall and took a home run away from the batter. Adalas Garcia is a former Springfield Cardinal. Then a few minutes later, Randy Arozarena goes to left field, leaps up high, takes a home run away with a brilliant catch. Another former Springfield Cardinal. Thank you. National League starter last night was Zach Gallen of the Arizona Diamondbacks, a former Springfield Cardinal. Thank you. We were pretty well uh, represented in that game last night. It was it was good. National League wins 3-2 and a very good game. How about you, you also saw an anomaly in this one that does not happen at all. A guy named Lourdes Correal plays for the Diamondbacks. He hit a moonshot, big high shot down the left field line, found the upper deck, and at for the moment, tied the game at 2-2. Guy circles the bases, takes off his hat, waving to the crowd and all that. Oh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. American League is challenging this. You need to challenge that? And it was very, very close down the left field line. Umpires called it fair, called it a home run. Challenge, the challenges all go to New York City, and they mm -hmm. watch it on replay there. Uh-uh, it was foul. It curved foul by about two inches, and uh, they debated, looked at it, and finally, the umpire came out. The umpire addresses the crowd. Doesn't make the decision. He addresses the crowd. The panel has ruled that's a foul ball, and the crowd erupts because it was a National League home run that tied the game. But National League won it eventually anyway. You just don't see that very often. No, it, it was definitely an exciting all-star game, which I thought was good. But back to what you're, the uh, point you were making at the beginning with so many Springfield Cardinals in that game last night. It should actually break your heart. They're not St. Louis Cardinals anymore. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Northwestern University for a second. What a mess that is. It is, and it's really surprising because this is one of the bastions of academia in the United States. 
and for their athletic teams to be involved in this hazing. Well, hazing, back when I was a kid, hey, you did have hazing. All right. It's not acceptable now in society. And yet Pat Fitzgerald, who's been the Northwestern football coach for 17 years, apparently did allow this. And some of his players came forward and said, hey, there's more to it than just that. And now there's a hint, anyway, of uh, perhaps racism going on. I can't believe that at Northwestern, but be that as it may, Fitzgerald has been fired. And now comes a report that the baseball coach was also involved in bullying and so forth and so on. Boy, I'll tell you, if this is all proven to be the case, the Northwestern Athletic Department is in, in probably going to be greatly disheveled here, I would suspect, in the next few days. But this is a mess. Northwestern's an outstanding institution, very difficult to get into. It's, yeah, because they have the tough academic standards, not really an athletic contributor to the Big Ten Conference, although they have had representative teams in the past. But, boy, this is, this is just a sorry situation. It really is. It really is, and you don't want to see that, especially with a bunch of kids that are just trying to build on their future, having to go through all this, and then that on top of it. Not a good thing. All right, he's still got his giant old dusty book of facts. What are we talking about in history? 1979, and it happened that year tonight. Okay, what was it? (laughs) This is one of the great moments. It's a non-baseball moment, Mike, but it happened in a baseball park. It was called Disco Demolition Night, and they had it in 1979 at Comiskey Park in Chicago. Between games of a doubleheader, the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago White Sox. And who would be at the bottom of this? Of course, Bill Beck, the great stuntsman of all of sports, especially baseball. Well, he got together this idea to build up a crowd and... Uh, local DJ in Chicago was going to burn disco records on the field. Disco and hard rock were diametrically opposed, I guess. I'm not into that level of music, but be that as it may, going to burn the disco record. This is the Bee Gees and Donna Summer and ABBA and all this. Going to burn them. All right. (laughs) Beck Beck makes this announcement, and the crowd is, Comiskey Park seats 47,000, and about 57,000 show up young people, got in the ballpark and all that. Well, between games, the guy goes down, burns the record, and says, does anybody else have the records here? Well, here comes thousands of people out of the stands. They, It's a riot on the field. All bringing their records. They tore up the field. They did everything. Vic, Bill Vec, gets on the microphone. Please go back to your seats. You're destroying the field and so forth. Detroit Tigers come out to warm up. Umpires come out to take a look. Zero. Forfeit. I <laughs> couldn't play the game. And that all happened in 1979 tonight. This is uh, really a bizarre incident that's never happened again. And Bill Beck, who wrote the book Beck as in Wreck, <laughs> detailing all the stunts that he pulled in baseball, including Eddie Gaydell, the height-challenged individual who went to bat for the St. Louis Browns. Anyway, Beck was responsible for all this. Hell yeah. And uh, who was responsible for the uh, nickel beer night? He may have been. Because <laughs> that one was just oh, as yeah. bad. <laughs> you give away beer like that, everyone's going to burn it down. Ned, you have a great day.